Hello, Diz After Dark listeners, it's just Nick, and I've got a little bit of an announcement that I wanted to do before this week's show. So at the beginning of this year, we set up a Patreon page for listeners of the show to be able to help us, uh, support us and and help us run the podcast going forward, Uh, also Universal After Dark and and Pop After Dark, including that as well. Um, So one of the tiers that we had uh, was to have exclusive Patreon-only episodes. We finally got round to recording the first episode. It's taken longer than we wanted to, but with people being away and stuff, it was really hard to tie everyone down. So uh, we've we've hopefully got everyone uh, as best together as we could and produced an episode using some ideas that some of the Patreon members had suggested previously. So that episode is going to be launched on Patreon this week. The only way to listen to that is being a Patreon member. It's not going to be released as a full episode. So if you are interested in supporting the show and listening to the first of uh, a few episodes of exclusive content, please visit the website at patreon.com forward slash dizafterdark. And now back to your regular scheduled episode. Warning, this show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are ours and ours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. Welcome to this week's edition of Disaster Dark. I'm Nick, and I'm joined this week by P Dubs Paul Washington. Hello, and uh, Mr D Paul Dolan. Ah, hello. Um, he, he's um, he's got a funny voice. No, right, like, okay. All right, confession time. He was here for some of the recording, but he's not here now. So you will hear him a bit later on. But he's not here right now, so at the moment it's just me and P Dubs. So uh, that's it. If you wanted Craig, let's listen to another episode. Um, There'll be a strong episode out with him on it soon. Oh, okay. We've just have you just recorded one or we recorded one yesterday. I've just got to finish editing uh... it. Doing exactly the same as we're doing now. Recorded a bit before and got right. record a bit afterwards. <laughs> top and tail, top and tail. Look at, yeah. look at this. We've changed. We've become so professional in our old age. Um, so, I, I mean, I should ask the question, I should have asked the question earlier, but I didn't. Um, what are you drinking, if you are drinking? Uh, good old usual, just a glass of orange squash. Uh, I did the 10k race yesterday, so... I oh, know, you got more gold round in it than Mr. T. Yeah, and then I got a half marathon again in two weeks. Oh, such a show off. I'm drinking very warm Pepsi Max because uh, we got up this morning to find that our fridge uh, was no longer keeping stuff cold. And then a few hours later, the freezer decided to do the same thing. So, um, well, not I mean, the freezer didn't keep stuff cold. That kept stuff frozen. If it was keeping stuff cold, that'd be a fridge. Very confusing. So um, I've got no fridge or freezer at the moment. So that's great. That's, that's always a good thing to have. Um, so yes, my Pepsi Max is, is very warm. But uh, <laughs> but regardless, um, 
so it's just the two of us for this bit um so there's some news to cover we'll also um have a bit of uh paul's history um of this week and uh we recorded an interview just now with our friend wendy so we'll play that a little bit later on um so before we play that uh, there was i suppose really breaking news because it broke it broke today didn't it this news. yeah it did um disneyland have once again changed their annual passes they've now discontinued their lowest annual pass which was a uh, socal locals annual pass that has now been discontinued for the foreseeable future they've not said it's definitely going away for good um but for now it's now gone um originally they changed a lot of their annual passes the higher end ones went up in price um i think to discourage non-locals to buy tickets or annual passes um now I think they've realised that most of their clientele are locals um, and so have discontinued their cheapest ticket while they have less capacity hmm it's yeah it's an odd one isn't it yeah I think because well I, I imagine people are pretty muffed yeah I think I think they probably will be um I know some locals look at it and probably say, yeah, that's the right thing to do at the moment. But then, obviously, the people that have got those passes probably don't. Hmm. So um, they, I don't think they'll be able to renew them at the same level, either. Ah, right, okay. That's interesting as well. Yeah, that will yeah. that'll probably change uh, how people do things. Now, I know they're not as near as, as they are in Florida, but do you think that doing putting this kind of stunt could potentially drive people to start buying annual passes for universal it's difficult because it's it's really not the same situation in california there's a there's quite a big difference in well distance for a start i've already started planning a trip back to california in in less than two years Mm. And I've said I won't be going to Universal this time, and that's that's difficult for me because I've been to LA four times and been an annual pass holder three times at Universal. Um, it just it is difficult to to pick and choose. We've said this time we're going to go to Knott's Berry Farm, um, which is far more local and and has picked up a lot of fans recently. And it wouldn't surprise me if people don't start picking up annual passes for there instead. Wow. Yeah, because um, from what I remember seeing, not not very really is close, isn't it, to Disneyland? Yeah, it's it's literally when we've gone out because we've always stayed in Central Hollywood when we've been out there. And when you travel to Disneyland, if you get public transport like a a shuttle, like say a like a tour bus that takes you out there, they will stop at Knott's Berry Farm first mm. because of how close it is. It is literally a couple of miles. Wow. And um, I mean, I don't know too much about Knott's Berry. Do they have any any IPs, or is it a you know their own brand? Just no, it's their uh, their own brand. Um, they've got their own Halloween event, which is what I'm planning on doing. Right. When we go out there, uh, not scary farm. Um, go and check out. 
I'd say if you want want to learn more about that, go and check out Justin Scar's videos um, that he's done. He get, he visits Knott's Berry Farm quite regularly and did did Knott's Scary Farm a few times um, over the last last Halloween season. Um, definitely something that you you'd be interested in, especially if you're a Halloween Horror Nights fan. Um, but no, it's all their own own designs. I'm I'm glad that Chris Ripley isn't on this week's show. Um, or that Chris Ripley is dead because if he was dead he'd be spinning in his grave uh, hearing what you've just said luckily for us he's still alive um, yeah. I mean most people I know that have done both um, both Halloween Horror Nights events prefer the Hollywood version because of the the characters they have they I, I've only done Hollywood right. oh yeah, right, okay I've only done Hollywood I've not done done orlando's yet um that is in the future not for a while um but i've done hollywood twice um and the actors are great um my wife was like yours when you did it she was shit scared it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's put it this way when universal studios hollywood used to have just a walk through like horror maze um, she got so scared by the Wolfman that she lost her sunglasses. <laughs> um, and we only did, I think we did two mazes when we went. Um, she preferred the Terror Tram. Mm. Um, which was great because you get to walk around all the sets and, and things like that. So she didn't like the fact that we got chased by Norman Bates, but, um, it was. It's much easier to see where the scares are coming from with the terror tram. Yeah. Um, but we did. They had a, that year. They got a Wolfman maze based on the last film, the the, the Benico del Toro one. Yeah. Yeah. And we were lucky because we were annual pass holders. We actually got into the maze early. Right. Um, so it was fairly on in the evening, and then um, we did that year. They had an Alice Cooper maze. Hmm. Uh, and she she really liked that because it wasn't particularly scary. It was a lot of neon and and stuff like that. But yeah, I think the actors do make a difference. Hmm. Interesting. But yeah, I mean, I suppose the the thing is is that Knott's Berry is is still in that in that same area. Therefore, uh, would probably still attract more. <laughs> I don't want to say thespians because that. <laughs> It's weird oh, when yeah. describing a scare actor, but uh, yeah. ones that have probably got more interest in, in, in following that kind of path yeah. than you do in Orlando. So, uh, yeah. Okay. But yeah, interesting that um, you're, you're looking to not do Universal uh, when you're going out there for Halloween because, you know, they they are still kind of regarded by most people as the kings of maybe not the, you know, not the, the most scary event that you can go to but certainly um the best execution for a lot yeah. of people and it is just the distance between the two it's mm. it's a good 90 minutes to two hours between the two of them right yeah i'm um, during rush hour which is a nightmare even even at a good time you're looking at over an hour all right um and i don't intend to drive in la i, I have no intention of doing that so it'll be public transport yeah or or booking a hotel at at Universal, which is never cheap because it's that bang in the middle of Studio City. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, that's that's the plan. And 
and yeah, the, I think Knott's Berry are going to steal more people. Like, as I said, Justin Scard goes there regularly. Um, Adam the Woo was going there regularly when he was back in, in LA. And I know Tim Track has been out there as well and done it this year. Um, so yeah, that's that's definitely. I think that will definitely pull more people in if they if people can't afford to go to Disneyland, then Knott's Berry is just basically around the corner for locals. Mm. Oh, that's it. I think as well. It depends on what you like from a theme park because certainly for me, the appeal of Disney is is the brand more yeah. than the attractions. I get that there's better attractions at other theme parks, but they're just theme parks. They don't yep. have the IPs. They don't have the the level of detail that you tend to find at Disney. But if you are somebody who gets their rocks off on you know the biggest and scariest roller coasters or um, you know di- different types of attractions that you would never get at a Disney park, then something like probably would appeal. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, interesting, interesting. Um, and also, um, I, I we was having a, a call earlier. We mentioned it before we started recording the, uh, the Wendy interview about uh, some permits being filled today. Yeah, finally the the permits have been filed and confirmed for the Tron Light Cycle coaster at uh, Magic Kingdom. Uh, it's going ahead, building. I believe some of the clearance has already begun. Um, not loads, but. Um, that was that's been confirmed now that it's all all been given the go ahead uh, and actually and I didn't mention it earlier it wasn't the only thing that was confirmed the the permits have now been completed for uh the expansion of France and Epcot as well yes i did see that i did see that i didn't see the tron ones but i did see the the ones for france because they on the plans it kind of showed you how much was being expanded didn't it yeah it is so. going a long way back hmm so I wonder Sorry. if um, I wonder if Ratatouille is going to be any longer. I mean, I, I don't know what the size of the building is in in Paris. To be honest, I've never seen an aerial. Uh, uh, it goes quite a way back because I remember being there while they were building it. Um, and it, it is quite large. You don't see a lot of the building. It does go back quite a way. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't expect it to be too different. To be honest, because surely the, one of the reasons for them doing it is the fact it's already been done therefore yeah. like Tronco so it's cheaper isn't it um, yeah. but uh, I still think it's an odd one like, I don't think it's that good no I don't either um, I mean I like it's, it's a lot of love grabber. yeah yeah but yeah it's I just got a good, overrated good cycle of people and I think that's what what they're looking for for Epcot at the moment I think they just feel it's it's too busy without those attractions hmm um, but we've also got to remember that they won't have the restaurant attached to it, so the building doesn't mm. have to be quite as big. So it's it's an interesting one to see what they actually do and what comes of it. Actually, that's a good point, you know. I never thought of it like that, but yeah, because like so, obviously, uh, most of our listeners—not most of our listeners necessarily—but a lot of listeners probably won't have gone on Restory in Disneyland Paris. Um, so when you go on the ride, more importantly, when you get off the ride, instead of going out into a gift shop, you kind of come out looking out or looking into the restaurant. Yeah. That's next door. Um, where you can kind of just walk out of the exit and in, into the restaurant if you if you wanted to. 
Um, and yeah, if you think about it, it's, it's almost like um, like a big U shape. Yeah. In a way, from when you where you go into the building to go on the ride to where you come out from. So yeah, I hadn't thought about it, but yeah, it must it must take up quite a bit of land actually. So uh, yeah. So um, interesting, and and that whole area at Disneyland Paris. I don't think it's just the ride. the The whole area around there is is well thought of. It's very well themed. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I I'd agree. It's it's what's odd about it to me is the fact that they've replicated a Parisian street in Paris. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's certainly it not Paris, is it? Let's yeah, see. but yes, yeah. And actually, I mean. I've not been to Paris in about like I've not stepped out into proper Paris in probably about fifteen years, but it does remind me of Val de Europe. Yeah, a lot. So I'm not sure, and and of course that's a Disney vision as well. That's their kind of celebration for for Disneyland Paris. So I'm not sure how much of it is actually authentic or it's just the Disney version of. Um, you know their vision of what Paris is, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's but but it's a nice area. It is a nice area. Yeah. So I wonder if they're gonna make many changes to that area to kind of uh, make it look like that as well. Do you think they might kind of update it a little uh, bit? I think they might, I, especially if this expansion pad is as big as these permits are saying. Hmm. I think there must be something else to go alongside it. I can't see it all being taken up by the ride. Now, um, we well later on you'll hear me talk about um, trying to avoid the uh, the Last Jedi trailer, which I've been very successful at doing so far. Um, but another trailer hit the internet um, when we recorded this. I'm not sure when this episode's going out actually, but um, as we recorded this episode, um, Disney drops a trailer. I think that's what the kids say, isn't it? Out the pool. <laughs> no, that's something else. Um, that's what Craig does when I'm with him. Um, no, I, w- I was thinking more about uh, the trailer they dropped for The Incredibles 2. Yeah. Uh, which I'm excited about, I've got to say. I always liked The Incredibles, and it was the first one. Like, I remember going to see Toy Story and really liking it, but I can't say I was like, yes, make a Toy Story 2. No, I'm glad they did, because Toy Story 2 is, is also great. But The Incredibles was the first Pixar film where I thought, I need to see a sequel. And it's probably because of the theming of it, you know, that it's it's superheroes, and generally there's a lot you can do with superheroes. Yeah. Um, and it was all, the sequel that I think a lot of people wanted, didn't they? Um, yeah. But, but instead we've got Cars 2. And Cars 3. So, uh, Cars 3 I liked. I enjoyed Cars no, no, 3. No, I, the second I'm, one was poor. I'm saying that. I, I, I completely agree, agree with you. I'm not a big fan of the Cars franchise. Uh, I, no. One was okay, but I yeah. didn't I didn't really... Well, it's quite funny, actually. I was, I was thinking about this yesterday. Um, because I saw Cars 2 at a preview event at the BFI in London, which was hosted by John Lasseter. When I left that screening, I was like, oh, I enjoyed that a lot more than I expected. 
But I don't think I did. I think I got wrapped up in the in the um, excitement yeah. of of seeing the man himself and him doing a Q and A afterwards. Like on reflection, I don't like that film at all. <laughs> no, and it's... you know what? I was never a fan of of the original one, as you as you said. And mm. I've only become a fan of those films since my son's come along, uh, who absolutely loves them. Yeah, yeah. I think I think there are. Uh, reasons why th- those kind of opinions can change in time, but uh, yeah, I think sometimes the the way you see a film or the audience you see a film with can actually have an effect uh, on your enjoyment. As strange yeah. as that is, because you should be able to just watch a film and, and have an opinion of it. But I do yeah. think sometimes you can be swept up. We was having this conversation with um, Buddy Whitey, who I do pop after dark with every now and again, um, about when he saw Anchorman Two. He saw Anchorman 2, he went to the premiere of Anchorman 2. And when he came away from that film, he was like, oh, it's better than the first one. And this is a man that worshipped the first Anchorman. And I loved the first Anchorman. And when I finally got around to seeing it, I was like, that wasn't that good. What are you talking about? Like, it was better than the first one. It was funny than the first one. I was, I was like, no, it wasn't. Now, on reflection, he doesn't rate it as much as he did. So it's not yeah. just me being an idiot. I think it is like if you are there and you're swept up the whole shabazz that's going along with it that it can uh, have an impact for you um, but regardless back to back to the trailer itself Incredibles 2 um, now before it before it came out and I was talking about it with my wife um, who also is a, a big fan of the, the first Incredibles she had hoped it was going to be uh, a sequel that was set in, in the same uh, sorry set after the the events of the first film as in the kids are now older but yeah. it, I mean it's only a teaser trailer but you would guess by how Jack Jack is in that teaser trailer yeah it's gonna be almost immediately following the first film it it seems that way and and even the teaser that they released beforehand it was quite clearly you could hear Jack Jack giggling yeah and you yeah. knew what was coming, that it was going to... And I'd heard rumours that it, it was going to be about him, them discovering his powers. Right. Um, so it's not really a surprise. I think it's kind of... The first film kind of showed us the powers that they already knew they had. Mm. Um, and weren't really discovering them, but were, were kind of showcasing them. And then in this case, it's going to be about discovering powers. And what's uh, the... Um... Oh, I can't remember what I was going to say then. Crap. Well, I do what I did think. I thought the logo was cool. Yeah, <laughs> it was, was that was say. really clever. I thought that was very clever. Yeah. But it's going to be a busy year, I think, next year, because that's coming out in June, isn't it? Yeah. And then we've got Wreck-It Ralph coming out as well. Yeah. Uh, when's that coming out? Oh, it's coming out in November. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was coming out before that. Okay, that's not, not too bad. Um, but potentially in the UK, we could see three Disney Pixar films next year. Yeah. Because we're not getting Coco until next no, until year. until February. Um, yeah. And then we've got, and then obviously we'll have The Incredibles in the summer. Because we normally, what happens is Pixar will release The Incredibles in June. Because that's the start of the summer holidays. Yeah, and then we will get it at the start of our summer holidays, which is about a month later. Yeah, um, so we're gonna have to wait a little bit for the Incredibles too. 
But yeah, I wonder what I could do with Wreck It Ralph. I really hope because they the first Wreck It Ralph they didn't release until no, we got it very late. Yeah, well, because I went to a preview. I didn't go to preview for that one, but I did watch it all the Blu-ray from America and got it about three weeks after I'd seen it at the cinema. Yeah. Because that's how late it was that the, the Blu-ray release was... And we debated when when we knew it was coming out, we debated, do we go to the cinema and see it or do we wait a few more weeks and just pick up a blue like get a Blu-ray sent from America for us? Um, we did both in the end. Because I really enjoyed Wreck-It Ralph. But... Yeah. Um, yeah, I hope we don't have to wait again because I really, I was really desperate to see Wicked Ralph being a video game nut. And yeah. uh, from what I've heard about this, you know, we haven't seen the teaser trailer yet for that because they're only no. showing it at D23, haven't they? Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm very excited to see to see that. And I yeah, if... it definitely seems like it's delving into a bigger back catalogue. Yes. This yeah. time. Yeah. And um, it like it'd be interesting because I think they've released the Incredibles teaser trailer now because of Coco coming out next weekend in America but yeah. I wonder if they're going to release the Wreck-It Ralph trailer because otherwise what are they going to release it with it's it's definitely been worked on they've definitely done stuff yeah. for it obviously as we've seen and I, and I think they've completed it I think it is whether it's a finished film I think they've finished doing the the voice work and everything for now. Yeah, I'd imagine there'll be pretty big, like a few pickups or ADR or something. But yeah, yeah, with, with a year to go before it gets released, it's it's going to be at quite a late stage of uh, of working on it now for it to meet that deadline. So uh, yeah, and did you see the trailer as well? I caught this by mistake of uh, stitching time. Wrinkling time, you mean? Wrinkling time. Yeah, I was thinking about saving nine. Yeah, um, uh, I haven't seen it, but I've seen people saying that it's becoming a bit, bit more interesting, and especially with it not being a reboot or a sequel or a prequel, we people are getting quoting, interested in it. You're just quoting Mister D. <laughs> but, but yes, you're right. Um, it's, it, it, it's really weird because. I saw it, and I and it's first of all it said from a visionary director. I don't know what that person's directed, but I will check it out, see if uh, I agree with that statement. Um, but yeah, it's 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 interesting because in in a way, I felt the same way seeing the trailer for that as I did seeing Tomorrowland or Escape from Rich Mountain. Yeah, like the the trailers. I'm not talking about the, the final films in. Uh, it could be really, really good, or it could be dog shit. Yeah. Now, I've you do worry seen... with these ones. Well, that's it. I've not seen all the way through Escape from Which Escape from Which Mountain. Uh, that one over there. Um, even though it's got a rock in it, which means I should see it, but um, it just never grabbed me enough to go and see it. I didn't hear enough good stuff about it, um, and um, I did see. The other one, I said, what was the other one? I just pitched it. God, what is going wrong with me tonight? So the right there. Um, yeah. I'm just like, tomorrow night. That one. Yeah, um, that's it. That's the one. We've both got. Um, which I I have a slight soft spot for. I I think it's it's flawed. But, yeah. you know, I don't think it was the car crash that it was deemed to be. 
I, and I think and I definitely think there's bits in it, especially for for Disney nuts like we are. Mm. Um, there's definitely bits in it that we should should love. Yeah, and 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 that's why I think it's not as bad for for us as it would be probably the general public. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there, there were things wrong with the film and things that didn't quite work out. And I don't think Disney knew what they had in their hands, to be honest. No. Um. But regardless, so yeah, this could this could go either way. I, I really liked the trailer and I thought it looked interesting, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Apparently, it's based on on quite a well loved book. Yeah. So oh, there's uh, been a few a few films they've had over the last couple of years that could have done better than they have done. Um, well, yeah. What um, was the thing with Chris Pine in that they released? Oh, was it at the beginning of this year? Finest Hours. Finest Hours. Yeah, that was that was last year. But yeah, yeah, that that kind of like died of death. Uh, I mean, only through the Into looking the glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I've still not seen Into the Woods. The wife, no, did. I haven't. She I've wasn't, seen bits of it. Yeah, she wasn't that taken with it, but she's not a massive musical fan. Which no. is which. The, I, I remind her this all the time, which is the most ironic thing because her favourite film of all time is Grease. <laughs> not a fan of musicals though. Favorite no film musical. Um, but yeah, this is. Tra- track record of late of, of live action films is sketchy yeah. I think so uh, it, it could go either way but yeah, I mean yeah I hope it, it, it does alright because uh, yeah it seems to be an odd time at the moment unless it's uh, a reboot um, or a sequel films don't tend to get through that well No, and, and even then like a reboot doesn't always Guarantee we've seen a lot of reboots this year of, of you know from different film companies that uh, haven't and franchises that seem to die to death. Uh, did you did you talk on strike about the death of DC? No, we didn't, not yet. But um, we kind of mentioned that that Thor had taken a lot more than Justice League out in its opening weekend. Well, I mean, I will touch on it just, just brave, just because I mentioned it there. But yeah, I mean, Justice League did ninety six million, which for anyone, yeah. for any film, would normally be a good opening weekend. But for a film that cost re- reportedly three hundred million dollars, yeah. that's that's a massive uh, flop in a lot of people's eyes. And uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I I think that that franchise is on life support. We were talking yeah. about Fox and Marvel. But maybe um, DC could be going to Disney. Could you uh, imagine Warner wanting to get rid of that? Yeah, I, I, I wonder, and and I'm sure we'll talk about it on another podcast. I know me and you have got plans to talk about this this deal and where it's going. Mm. Um, but I wonder, with the rumours that Universal are possibly looking at at Fox, I wonder whether they might go for the DC stuff at some point. Mm. It would make more sense for Universal to have that under their um, umbrella than them trying to pick up the X-Men or the Fantastic Four. Finally trying to get DC Island like they were supposed to back in the 90s, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Oh, that's, that's excellent. So um, what we'll do now is uh, we'll just have a word from our sponsors um, and then we will go into the interview that we had with uh, with Wendy so uh, we'll see you on the other side don't buy your kids stuff for Christmas buy them memories with a Walt Disney World vacation or a Disney Maritime cruise 
Hi, I'm Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel, proud sponsor of the Dis After Dark podcast. Christmas is one of the most magical times of the year for a Disney vacation, but it can also be the busiest and the most expensive if you don't plan it right. So contact me to take care of all of those details for you and do your complete itinerary planning. My services are free to you and mention this ad for $25 off your deposit. Have a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Is After Dark Podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Right now we've got a very special guest joining us. Um, So um, I'd like to introduce a former guest of the show. uh, And now she's here with us again, Wendy. From WP Magic Journeys. He's Hello. Here. Thank you very much for joining us. Sure. Thanks for inviting me. It's been it's been a while, isn't it? I think um, yes, about a year, year, maybe maybe a year and a half ago. I think now. I know. Time time flies. Yes, yes. I'd say time flies when you're having fun, but um, on this show, sometimes you have to, and certainly our listeners definitely uh, query that one. But uh, how has everything been going for you? It's been great. Yeah. So, yep. Uh, lots of lots of bookings lately. Um, seems like um, the trends are going more towards Universal, and I, I've had a, a lot more Universal bookings lately. So, um, there, the let's see, clients seem to be happier with the pricing, and that you don't have to stress out about the planning as far in advance. So it's been interesting to see that lately. Well, we're going to well, have to change your advert, I think, Wendy. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of people are like, "Well, I can't, I can't handle the uh, the stress of trying to decide what I want to do six months in advance." <laughs> That's yeah. interesting. I, I think, I think you're right. Obviously, I think it is. I mean, I, I don't know if if you've caught any of our recent shows, uh, Wendy, um, on, on, over at Universal. I'll start, but me and Craig went for Halloween Horror Nights. Um, mm-hmm. just for a four day trip and that was the first time that I've been in Orlando since 2010 um, oh okay and I, we didn't go to Disney part of the conditions of us being able to do that without our, our wives and families was that we were just going to Universal and, and you know doing that during the day and Halloween Horror Nights uh, in the evening so we didn't step foot on Disney property but everything <laughs> I hear um, regarding the the way things have changed since I last went there um it does seem like it's a bit of a stress and I you know we was only in Universal for a few days but um, you know it's a smaller park Um, it was also a little bit off season as well but I think they played to the advantages because like you say there seems to be a lot less stress involved with Universal Mm -hmm. and that's why I say you know book with me because I relieve that stress and I take care of all the planning but for my clients or anybody that's more of a fly by to this by the seat of your pants type person or somebody who's just more impulsive i always recommend uh universal or disneyland 
because even Disneyland is easier to navigate more last minute. Do you think that's because of um, the Magic Band not being at Disneyland that that's the case? That's a big part of it. And even over at Disneyland, you can still do day of dining reservations, which is just completely unheard of at Disney World. I mean, I, I can't even hardly think of most restaurants in the parks being ones that you could walk up that day mm. and say, hey, can I get a reservation? But you can do that with all sorts of restaurants over at Disneyland. You know, maybe not so much if you're, you know, there Christmas week or something, but it's it's definitely... Um, not where you have to do it so far in advance. Yeah, I've, I've got some friends who are planning a trip for next year, and they just, they'd just, I'd help them, um, you know, get ready for the 180 day mark to mm-hmm. come so they could book the bookings. And it, it happened to fall on a weekend, and, and they forgot and they missed it by two days. They, they'd suddenly realized on the Monday and got oh. on there on the Monday, and of course, three or four of the restaurants that they wanted to get and the things that they wanted to do, like Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique and some of the breakfasts, they were already gone. Yep. So that was like they probably 100... missed uh, Be Our Guest. Be Our Guest was gone, yep. yep. So uh, that was 178 days out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, that, that's crazy. And I'm surprised as well because, I, I mean, that's not the first time I've heard about Bibbidi Bobbidi Bibbity Bobbity Boutique, even not Bobbity, that's something else. Um, being <laughs> being kind of um, unavailable because you you'd never think you know with, with signature dining, you know like Cinderella's um, Castle or California Grill or places like that, you, you can probably understand why things get that busy. But I would never have thought to have booked uh, Bibbity Bobbity Boutique that far in advance. It just wouldn't have crossed my mind. But a lot of people seem to be being caught out with that at the moment. Yeah, and, and to be fair, I mean they are gone at a busy time. They're gone at Easter, so right. it is it is a kind of peak period. But uh, just shows you that if you're going at a busy time, you've got to be on the ball. So for one client, we did the 180 day booking, and I did those, you know, first thing in the morning, right when the phone lines opened, and all I could get was Cinderella's table at 11:30. And then the wow. bibbity boppity appointment at one forty, and the client kept saying, "But I want her dressed up for the meal." <laughs> yeah. and, it, and it was all I could get, and I had I'd done it right off the bat. Yeah. But normally, but she wanted it done like the very first day, and so normally, if um, people are going to be there about seven days, the trick is to book it towards the end, right. like right when your one eighty day window opens, and then that helps buy you a little bit of time. Yeah. But yeah, it's driving her crazy that they'll they'll go eat with the princesses and then get dressed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Wendy, another thing, uh, just to ask on that, because I mean, obviously, you know, you you promote your services with us, but is that? And I've never um, I've never had to inquire about it because unfortunately I've, I've got no future plans uh, trips to Orlando. But um, do you offer your services um, globally, or is it just the US? Oh, globally, yes. And so far, all I've done outside of the U.S. is uh, clients in Mexico and Canada, but I can do anywhere. Well, excellent. Yes. yes. Yeah, it's just one of those things. I, yeah, one of those things. We, I just assumed you probably could, but I never asked a question. So, uh, <laughs> so, that's, so if you're listening to this now, then and you thought, oh well, you know, I'm not sure if that applies to me. Well, it, it clearly does. Wendy can help you out, no matter where you are. Um, there's a couple of things in particular we wanted to talk about, but um, mm-hmm. what I wanted to just touch on first of all 
was a few months ago now. Probably seems like a distant memory. Um, but you took a Disney cruise. Yes. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Because I don't, I can't remember now what cruise it was you actually went on. Well, the last one that I did was just one of the short ones on the Dream, the five-day, four-night that goes to Nassau and Castaway Key. But the big one that we did was the Alaskan one, which was, you know, just the ultimate and amazing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we the last one that we did, we, um, we elected to stay on the ship in Nassau and just enjoy everything that was going on on the ship because on those shorter cruises there is so much to do and you still want to be able to relax at the same time or because if you did everything that they have planned you would feel like you're at Disney World with everything mm. going on and so we were going nope we we want some relaxation <laughs> and and we forced ourselves not to get off and the, at Nassau and then we only did the private island but we love it. Um, it's, you know, it's pricier than the other cruise lines, but I, I feel like what you get with service is really worth it. Um, I use the comparison of saying it's like taking a step up from the Grand Floridian Resort. Right. And, you know, in terms of um, them taking care of you and, you know, everybody knows you by name. Um the you get the same wait staff every night uh, in your dining rotations and then you have your person that takes care of your room and they come in twice a day and clean up your room and they start knowing your preferences and they know I mean they even know about what time you wake up so they they're you know making sure that they're coming into your room after you've gotten up and left for the morning so uh, my kids love it so much that they would happily give up Disney trips to just do cruises. Wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know with, without even hesitating. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you said about it being pricier than, than other cruise lines, but the mm-hmm. way the way I kind of look at these kind of things, and I, I've unfortunately not done a Disney cruise. Um, we do get them in Europe as well, but I've not been able to do one yet, but... You know, Disney to me is a premium brand, uh, and I think you know, especially the last few years with increasing uh, the ticket prices, I think that's become even more prevalent. But you're paying for that name, you're paying for that brand, and the things associated with it. So I think with those kind of extras that you were just talking about there, that's where the money goes. That's yes. why. And- they're out of all the cruise lines, they're the one that's the most all-inclusive in their pricing. And and I book all cruise lines, but it's funny because like Norwegian would be an example I would give that piecemeals everything. And so when I quote people for Nor- Norwegian and then I when they say, OK, what else am I going to have to pay for out of pocket? And then I have to list out all the things that count as extra or when you have other cruise lines that a lot of times even on their main dining menus it'll be like okay well this meal is included but see this steak that one's going to cost you more or this meal is going to cost you more then people don't like that and the nice thing about the disney one is when i give you a quote there are very few items that are added on to that you know, it, it's very all-inclusive. And I, and I think a lot of people like that for budgeting purposes, too, because then they know that they're not going to be on the ship being hit up for extra things all along yeah. the way. It must be something to do with just the name Norwegian, because, Mr. D, have you, have you booked with Norwegian Air before? 
Uh, <laughs> I'm I pretty sure I have flown on Norwegian Air. Yeah, because yeah. Um, I, mean, I don't know. I don't. Well, they they obviously fly to Orlando now, uh, Wendy. But um, you know, Norwegian Air launched in the UK a few years ago, and they're very cheap in comparison to most airlines getting to um, Orlando. But mm-hmm. when you get your your price, you think that's great. You then find out you've got to pay an extra lot for luggage. If you want food during the flight, bearing in mind it's an eight and a half hour flight, um, you've got to pay yes. extra for the food. And most airlines will have, you know, at least one suitcase and one piece of cabin luggage and your food and drinks included. Those are all kind of mm-hmm. extras you have to put on top. So it must be something to do with just the name Norwegian, where it's, you know, everything's got these hidden charges on top. But, yeah, uh, and I th- I think that really annoys a lot of people. You know, mm. I guess it'd be one thing if you went into it knowing that that's going to happen, but I'm you know also when you're on vacation and you're trying not to worry about that, that that can get frustrating after a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, any um, okay, any view on when the new ships come online, Wendy? Where they're likely to be stationed, or what what changes that's going to bring in the future? <laughs> Well, you know, they they just released the new itineraries that are going through May of 2019. And mm-hmm. the rumor has always been that the Wonder will eventually just stay on the west side and mm-hmm. do Alaska and then the, you know, the Mexican Riviera cruises. And yeah. it's really, it, you can already tell that trend because this season they're going to stay in, uh, in that uh like cruising out of San Diego a whole lot longer than they have in the past. Mm. And so it kind of makes it look like that rumor is going to be true. And so there's been talk about um, that they want to have a ship that stays over in Europe and doesn't do the transatlantic coming back. And to me, that would make sense that, you know, you keep the magic over in Europe and then with the new ships may, you know, maybe have one of those, be a little bit more, um, you know, picking new itineraries because some of the people who are platinum cruisers for Disney Cruise Line are starting to get bored with the same old thing. So these two new ships are going to give them that capability of, oh, where else can we cruise out of now? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I actually heard rumors today that that, that the dock in Hong Kong is being extended um, to fit one of the Disney boats. Oh, okay. Wouldn't be a surprise at all, especially now they've got three parks out there as well. Oh, yeah, because even the um, the fall cruises on the Magic where they cruise out of New York and they, they have a day that they dock in uh, Port Canaveral, and so part of your cruise pricing gives you a one-day park hopper, and I can completely see them doing that in Asia. Because think of all the people who just won't randomly go over there, but they might go if it's a cruise. I I can honestly say that we've spoken about it. I mean, my wife have spoken about it. We would we would probably do that. Um, the plan is to get out there at some point in the next decade, hopefully, mm-hmm. and and that would definitely make it a heck of a lot easier for us. Oh, yeah, because if you were intimidated about traveling over there and you think, oh, well, Disney will take care of it. They'll get me, you know, I'll get transportation there. It'll all be included. I don't have to worry about anything. Then, yeah, I could see a lot more people doing that. Yeah, we we, we did a little bit of research as well. And you, you can actually cruise from Hong Kong to Shanghai. So you can do two parks on one cruise. It'd be that nice if you great. could do all three. 
but didn't didn't find that itinerary, Wendy. So there's a there's an idea. You heard it here first. <laughs> so full of good ideas. Um, now, one of the things that we we touched upon recently, but really need an expert on because, to be honest, other than uh, our very own P Dubs with us tonight, um, I, I'd argue our level of expertise is, is sketchy for, for the most part. Um, but we had been talking about the recent change um, at, at Disney World regarding uh, dogs in hotels. <laughs> yes. And I know that you've been speaking to Craig a little bit about this, but I don't know too much about it. So could you give us a little bit more of a background on it? Sure. Um, you know, I think it started when the the last hurricane came and they were housing, you know, people that had been displaced and they said, you can go ahead and bring your pets. And everybody was so happy and it was so well received that they quickly came along and said, okay, we'll take dogs now. And I think when they did that, they were thinking, of local people that okay local people might might be more willing to stay a couple of nights instead of just saying well I'll drive home because I have to get back to my dog mm. and so the there's only certain resorts that'll take the dogs and it's um, Art of Animation Port Orleans Riverside um, the Yacht Club and the Fort Wilderness Cabins and, and I gotta say the Yacht Club really surprised me because it just went through the big renovation and they're I I think they may I don't know if they're completely done or they have a couple rooms left you know sort of thing but that that one surprised me just because it had just been redone but they took out the carpeting and they've got the like ceramic tile floors that look like hardwood hardwood floors Mm. and maybe that's what they were thinking but even the furnishings and all that are new too. And, you know, dogs can jump up on the couch and tear up things and all that too. So, but, so those are the resorts that are included. And they said that there's only going to be certain sections that allow the dogs. And then each of them charge the $50 extra fee per night, except for the yacht club charges $75 per night extra to have the pet. And, and so what happens because i mean when i go to the parks i go all day so the aim is get up early hit the parks get back as late as possible you know try and make the most of your time exactly so i don't it just it just doesn't make sense to me like i can think of there is a a place about four hours from where i live and it is a it's a place that's got a whole bunch of cabins and they advertise that they are dog friendly. They have all these uh, pet things in the cabins and they have a, they have pet sitting, they have pet daycare and activities and you go there for the purpose of, Hey, I'm bringing my dog. But when I think of Disney, I don't think, Oh, fun for the family and the pet. (laughs) You know, it just doesn't match because you're right. You're gone all day. And then the, the only people that I think of that come back during the day regularly would be the people with little kids that need to take a nap. And so I can imagine what if, what if you bring your three-year-old back to take an afternoon nap and you've got the dog in the room next to you that's barking because their owner's gone all day. Well, so this is where I'm obviously a terrible parent because if my kids were tired, I just tell them I paid this much money to come to Orlando. (laughs) So suck it up, buttercup. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> but you're quite right. I mean, you know, for me, it's it's uh, you know possible uh, a noise issue. Um, it's also if you leave a dog, I feel bad when we've got a little dog, and um, I feel bad if um, we you know one of us is is out all day, um, or we're both out all day. And there are, it's rare, but there are occasions where I might have to go into the office. um, And if my wife's out that day, my wife, um, then he will be left here a long time. Now, he's toilet trained, but if it's too long, there's not much he's going to be able to do. He can't literally Mm -hmm. hold it in all the time. So the thing is, if people are um, of that mindset where they're getting out, they want to spend as much time in the park as possible, they've got dining reservations, whatever it is that dog could be left in there a long time you'd have to clean up after that dog afterwards um oh yeah and, and i mean there's nothing wrong with cleaning up after the dog afterwards but in your house is one thing in a in you know a hotel to me is just something completely different and then mousekeeping obviously won't be able to come out and clean your room well, when you have a dog in there especially not if you've uh get, taken the 50 dollars gift card or whatever it is they're offering at the moment to not get mousekeeping which then you turn around and pay to have the dog, (laughs) you know, but, um, you know, I thought about that and I know where I stay out here for when I board my dog, when we leave, um, we get charged about $22 a night. So it's significantly more expensive to take the dog to Disney. Yeah. And, you know, besides the fact of, I guess, the cost of flying it out there, which makes me go back to thinking that they were doing this to help out the local people and maybe try to get them to stay overnight. Right. But um, there there aren't that many people that seem real excited about it. And then it, I was laughing on some of the forums because now it's a it's the most I've seen about people saying they're allergic to dogs. And so I've, <laughs> I didn't remember everybody being allergic before, but you know how people react online. So, Oh, I, I, my favorite one of the moment is the people that are allergic to, um, fake. Now I get, I, you know, I understand people that are, allergic, I don't know if people are actually allergic to cigarette smoke, but obviously cigarette smoke can trigger asthma attacks. I don't know if that makes it allergic or not, but I understand, you know, there's a smell <laughs> issue with that, and and there's that side of things. But there are people yeah. saying that they're allergic to, to uh, vape, and people vaping around them, uh, uh, and that that confuses me. But um, <laughs> one of the things that I, I did see that kind of sprung up from this conversation, and again, I've not been to Disney World recently, so I, you know, I'm asking a kind of expert here for an opinion is um, an increase in um, what people refer to as service dogs. Mm. Yes. And I even, I just went, um, let's see, a couple, mid-October. So it wasn't, about a month ago, I guess now. Um, and, and yes, I did see a lot. Now, so in the, in the UK, to me, the only kind of service dogs that I know are, um, are, are kind of what we refer to as guide dogs. So mm-hmm. therefore, partially sighted or, or blind people to help them get around. That makes sense. Um, but it seems that a service dog, and again, I'm not, I, I don't understand fully um, what the, the term is or what the expectancy is in America. But w- what I've seen is that people have service dogs, which are like a almost like a comforter. Yes. 
And for, you know, people who have post-traumatic stress disorder and emotional needs and, you know, a lot of that. And so when I, I did see more service dogs, but I, I wasn't paying attention to how they were labeled. You know, I, I couldn't tell it, but I'm assuming because, like you said, it used to just be that you would see them maybe for people that were um, disabled and they, you know, couldn't see things like that guide dogs. But there, there's an increased number now. Yeah. When we were there in May, we saw we saw quite a few. And I don't know, I've, I've got I've got a bit of a problem with it because, uh, you know, on one occasion we saw a family that had three service dogs. So how you, how one family can need three service dogs would be pulled along, wow, surely. Well, that, wow, that's a coincidence, eh? <laughs> and and this was in Fantasyland at night, and there's so many people around; it's packed. Yes. And yet these poor dogs are trying to navigate through the crowds. I just I don't I don't buy that, it. That's better than the one that I heard. I heard that someone took in a service pony. <laughs> I'm just about to make a joke. I, I need my, uh, I need my uh, miniature horse for my. <laughs> but the thing, I mean, the thing is, and I mean, uh, you know, I, this is where, and I'll say it because then, if I offend somebody, then I can get the abuse afterwards. But for people that kind of suffer with with anxiety or something like that, um, you know, they were people that would have, or not necessarily them, but you know, in the old days, you might have a cuddly toy or a blanket or something you'd have to carry around with you but mm-hmm. it does seem like and again uh I'll, I'll take the knot for this one it just seems like it's a term used for somebody to take their dogs with them because from the other thing i understand with this as well is that there's nothing to say what is and what isn't a service dog so if you go to the park and say this is my service dog and it's a chihuahua disney can't really <laughs> turn around and say and i and i i have also seen chihuahuas in the park and seen photos of it um disney can't turn around and say well that's not uh, a dog you can bring in because it's if you yeah. say it's a service dog they can't prove that it's not right and and they're not going to do it because they don't want to lose the business and yeah. you know they're they don't want to make people mad and all that but i mean it's definitely just it's one of those things i think a, a lot of people are are getting service dogs now. And so then we're definitely seeing that. So I, you know, maybe, maybe that was part of the reason, but I think that even before they came out with this rule, if you had a service dog, you could still keep them on property. Right. Or, or else how we're, you know, I mean, I know Disney has that boarding place. That's great, but I mean, somehow they're getting their dogs in, you know, I think, I think it's okay until something happens. Well, um, right. in the incident that, or in the situation that I saw, you know, these weren't chihuahuas. These were these were fair-sized dogs, you know, kind of Labrador-sized dogs. Mm. So you think about you think about a Labrador-sized dog. It's kind of head height to a little kid in in a packed environment. You know, lots of noise. People maybe treading on the dog's paw or whatever and, and and at what level are those dogs trained to you know so one of those takes a bite out of a kid and then Disney will suddenly start thinking about what that really means and standards yeah well think how annoyed we get when we get hit with a stroller and then <laughs> somebody running over a dog 
<laughs> well, I, I did see uh, I, uh, on a forum. I did see that somebody there'd, there'd been a dog attack, uh, like a dog attacked another dog. Um, mm. Oh, like in in the I think it was in Epcot. It happened, you know. And this woman was saying it was a service dog, and she was saying that the other people were saying, you know, that was their service dog, but you know, she needed it because um, she gets anxious, and she had, then had a, a panic attack afterwards, and, and this kind of stuff. And it's like. You know, really, who's in the who's in the right, who's in the wrong, or, or sh- should it be a case that they should have just said no, like the dogs can't come in? It's 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 almost making a rod for their own back. I think um, at least Universal have got it right because you know they've got animal actors live on stage, so they've got somewhere to put those dogs if necessary. Um, <laughs> Disney don't have that luxury. Uh, maybe they should um, invent a, a show for dogs or something, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, you know it, 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 this could be a lawsuit waiting to happen. I obviously hope that isn't the case, but I, I think you're right, right Paul. I, I think you know there needs to be some kind of boundary because at the moment it seems there doesn't seem to be a, a, a complete ruling on it on what constitutes um, a, a service dog. Yeah. Um, so anyone, yeah, like you say, family go away for the week. Well, I could take him into kennels, or we could take him to Disney World. That would yeah, be fun, you know, it's, for us. It's, you know, again, a little bit, maybe a little bit controversial, but you know, you think about ECVs, right? In the parks, there's mm-hmm. there's definitely people who need ECVs, absolutely. But there's a heck of a lot of ECVs, and we've all seen people jumping in and out of ECVs, and they don't they don't seem to absolutely need them. Now, again. I'm sure that's only a, a percentage of people and that there's a lot of people who, are, who actually do need them. And I think the same is going to be true here for the service dogs. It probably is some genuine people, but once you open the door, I don't know, it's, it is open to abuse. And uh, I think this one's oh, a, little yeah. bit, a little bit more serious yeah. than the ECV one in terms of the you welfare of the dog. ruining it for the ones who do need it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, while we were there that weekend, there were a whole bunch of uh, Magical Journeys agents there for the weekend in October. And that was when they made the dog announcement. And mm-hmm. it was really funny watching the backtracking because we, our first message that we all got was, the dogs can stay everywhere. <laughs> and then <laughs> later on, this message came out okay only these hotels and then later on it came out okay only certain places in these hotels (laughs) and we were just all laughing because we kept getting the same notifications on our phones you know like oh look they've made another change so (laughs) you know we'll we'll see you know especially when the busy seasons hit well you know i think we'll start to see more of what are they going to need to do to iron all this out yeah it's yeah, I think it's yeah. it's it's going to be interesting because, like I said, they've already it's already been changed a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's it's obviously a new a new thing they're doing. Um, but yeah, it, it just seems a it seems a bit strange. Uh, it seems a bit strange to me. Um, that yeah, that, those, those are the two main things that I wanted to talk about with uh, with yourself, Wendy. But was there anything else that? Um, you just wanted to mention? Well, um, have y'all talked about the December 16th Star Wars Galactic Nights? Or is anybody, do y'all know of anybody going? I wish I was. <laughs> I know. Uh, but uh, no. 
Well, I'm I'm really surprised that they only did one night, but I, it I keep um, all I have clients that are leaving on the fifteenth and clients arriving on the seventeenth, and I don't have anybody that's going to actually be there on the sixteenth, so I don't have anybody going. But I would love to hear how it goes. Mm. Um, it, it looks like they've got a lot planned, and it's uh, one hundred and twenty nine dollars per person, <laughs> so it's. I would assume for that price that you would get a whole lot because that's that's more than the Halloween parties and the Christmas parties and all that. But for that price, I'm hoping Mark Hamill reappears and <laughs> captains everyone on Star Wars like he was doing last week. Ouch! Oh, I know. I would have paid for that. Oh yeah, exactly. Huh. I, I mean, surely the only problem with that is isn't the 16th the day that the film comes out? The day after. Yeah, 15th and that. Mm-hmm. I thought we got it on the 15th. What day do we get it? The 14th. Uh, I uh, thought it was the 15th. I think we're getting it a day early. Are we? we are. We're getting it a day early. Where is... Yeah, um, I had to get my tickets on the 15th, but you could get them for the, the 14th, and I think maybe starting at 7 o'clock or something like that. Well, I know that the UK, for and I don't know why, but we get the we get to see Star Wars a day before America, but we also get to see it a day after France. So it's all very confusing. Uh, when's my hmm. ticket? Fourteenth of December. Yeah. So in the UK, I'm going to see it. Um, the first IMAX showing I could get a ticket for was ten twenty a.m. on the on Thursday, the fourteenth of December. Okay, and then the so US are getting it on the fifteenth then. Yeah. And, and, and then that Star Wars night is the 16th, yeah. So it's the day after. Mm-hmm. But it's opening yeah. weekend. Like, yeah. if you couldn't get a ticket for the first day, most people are going to be trying to see it that first weekend. Mm-hmm. So to me, it made more sense to, you know, try and do it on the Monday um, or maybe just before the film comes out. Because, yeah, otherwise people are just going to be too busy trying to see it. It's very That's odd. true. Yeah. But they did. They. Um, when the Force Awakens, uh, Force Awake, what was it? Force Awakens. God. Yeah. What's wrong with me? It's getting late now. Oh my god! Not for me though. It's early <laughs> it's for here. me. Um, that's still early for me. Um, but when that came out, Disneyland Paris did the same thing, but they did it for one night as well. Um, and it was the night that the film came out. So it like it was a, it was a day after the film had had, had come out. But uh, yeah, again, a, a lot of people were still trying to see the film, so they didn't go. <laughs> So, very strange planning. And they've already added the new scene into Star Tours, haven't they? Yes, and I wondered about that because I've got pe- I have friends that won't watch the trailers because no. they want to be surprised and all that. So I was thinking, well, that's kind of interesting because I wonder if there's anybody thinking, well, I don't want to go ride Star Tours now because I don't want it ruined for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and I, I don't know. I'm not seeing the scene in question, but I think if you're just, you know, viewing the landscape of the of the planet or whatever like that it's not too bad but yes yeah, certainly if you were seeing like new vehicles or it was revealing a plot point of the film then i could see that being an issue but uh i mean okay. funny enough i was i was in the cinema tonight watching uh justice league and uh, the trailer came on uh for the second trailer for the last jedi and i just turned music up 
on my phone and <laughs> earphones. I'm not. I'm, I'm not rude. Um, and just and just stared at my phone because I didn't want to see that second trailer. One trailer was enough for me, and I I find that too many films are being spoilt now with um, with trailers. And I can always go back and watch the trailer after seeing the film. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I want to. I want to have a, uh, some elements of surprise. So uh, yeah, I was just I was just reading about you on. Uh... On a news app on my phone, man evicted from London cinema for shouting <laughs> la 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 during Star Wars trailers again. Yeah, it's not the first. Anybody time. we know? Not the not the, not the first time. Yeah, obviously the same thing. Watching Paddington yesterday. Um, Wendy, thank you so much for for joining us. Um, just before you go, um, I just wanted you to. I mean, obviously, uh, we do. Uh, feature your adverts you've uh, been a sponsor us for a long time and we appreciate um, you doing that with us but um, for anyone that's listened to your tips tonight or, or what you've got to say uh, where can people find you? Well they can find me at uh, wpmagicjourneys.com and same thing for Facebook and Twitter I um, I do you know I can give anybody quotes from anywhere now it doesn't have to be the United States (laughs) and I offer lots of onboard credits if they want to book cruises with me I always do $25 gift cards for anybody that books with me who hears your podcast and all my services are free so I check me out and you know Mr. D you're the last person here tonight that's been to Orlando and you did manage to go to be our guest once didn't you but it wasn't the easiest thing you found to do was it no, it was very difficult, and we went at a relatively quiet time. So, I uh, I think you know what Wendy does in terms of taking the stress out and getting you those difficult to get ADRs, particularly if you're going at a busy time or you haven't been before, is just a huge additional bonus there. And I, I don't want to speak um, out of turn, Paul, but you know uh, there is a rumor going around that had you used Wendy um, many years ago. Um, you'd have still had a full head of hair. <laughs> yes. <laughs> can you can you substantiate that claim, Wendy? Because <laughs> if yes, you can, I'm interested. I, I can guarantee <laughs> you can keep your hair if you book with me. <laughs> well, and I I gotta say, if I can throw in really quick, I've got a client. I've got clients there right now at Disney, and it was a huge. Uh, four families all going together, 12 people. And the three of the families were going on Friday. And then the family that left on Saturday, it was a mom and a daughter. And they were literally leaving for the airport when the daughter found the mom in the bathroom and she fell and hit her head and passed <gasps> out oh, no. and had to call 911. It was terrible. They had to go to the ER and all that. But part of my, you know, part of my services as a travel agent, even in these not in the not pleasant experience was I was the one taking care of making sure that Disney held that room, getting the flights changed to another date, checking in, making sure that she was okay to travel Mm -hmm. and doing all that while everybody else could still go and have a good time, you know, because everybody else was really stressed out about it. And so that's the part of, you know. I don't mind that one bit and that's what I that's why I do what I do. And it was, you know, sad for them to have to be late and show up a couple of days later, but that, you know, that's the sort of thing that, you know, it it, it enabled everybody else to still go and have a good time and not be stressed out about what are we going to do about the rest of the group. 
They owe you. They owe you some some nice treat from Walt Disney World for that one, Wendy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah. <laughs> I felt bad for them. <laughs> yeah, but at least, as you say, you know, you was able to help, kind of, um, you know, get get that kind of resolved as best as possible. There's no, there's no ideal solution in that one. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? But right. um, you know, the holiday wasn't ruined. So um, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Oh, great. Well, Wendy, thank you ever so much for joining us. You're welcome back anytime. Um, great. You know, just just let sure. us know when you want to come on. And um, yeah, be glad to have you back. Thank you ever so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Talk to y'all soon. Thanks, Wendy. Okay. Thanks, Wendy. Bye. Take care. Bye. Right. So thank you, Wendy, for that. We um, we only had a bit of time with Wendy um, because we were recording later than we should have done. So uh, apologies, but I think we're going to have Wendy on again uh, sometime sooner rather than later. To be honest, because I think it's always good to get an expert's. Uh, view on things especially with regards to uh to booking and uh i think some interesting comments there at the beginning about the fact that universal are well it certainly seems from from her world that universal definitely seemed to be uh picking up a lot of uh people not happy with how disney world is is being done at the moment yeah certainly we know universal are obviously looking at expanding more hotels and that can only come from the fact that they're getting bookings to fill what they've got yeah it'd be interesting um i I don't know i think they release the figures towards the end of the year don't they about park attendance yeah but i'd definitely be interested to see how that's been changing because i mean you know i've had people out in disney this year different times um of late i just had a couple of friends out there as well and uh people are saying it's like the busiest they've seen it uh, this year, but I'm also seeing a lot of people complaining and spending more time at Universal. So it'll be interesting to see um, if there is a kind of um, you know change in in numbers at Universal, like increasing at all. But, yeah. so, not, I, I think that, I think that obviously. I think those figures normally come because I know iApple was this weekend um, the the themed entertainment event mm. in Orlando, and I think it comes after that. Right. It's those guys that do the figures. Right. Um, so I think they get their event out of the way and then the, the figures are released after that. Do the event, clear the hangover, yeah. release the figures. Got you. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, right, so uh, now my favourite segment of the show. One of the only segments of the show, to be fair. <laughs> Don't get too much of an ego. Um, but this week in Disney history. Yeah, and... And it's one that I think is going to hit home with with some people. Uh, On the 24th of November 1995, the Osborne spectacle of Christmas lights made its first appearance at Walt Disney World. Wow. Not to be confused, as mentioned on this week's uh, Disney Dream Girls, of being Sharon and Ozzy's uh, Osborne's (laughs) lights. No, it was Jennings Osborne um, of... Uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, they were they were brought along. His his daughter asked whether he could have his they could have their house decorated in Christmas lights, and it became a whole thing um, that they decorated the whole house, the whole garden, everything, and it it became a a popular destination for people to come and see. Um, 
later on it became a bit of a problem um they were sued um and they had to sell them off where disney came in sounds a lot like ozzy osbourne to be honest well yeah causing trouble Um, getting sued ozzy osbourne yeah um it began with only a thousand lights only a thousand lights (laughs) yep um, by the time it was moved to Disney, it uh, became something a lot more. Uh, over 10 miles of rope lighting was used. Jesus Christ. With, with 30 miles of extension cords. <laughs> it, it took 20,000 man hours to put them up every year. Oh my God. And it required... 800,000 watts of electricity to light it. 800 gigawatts. So, what happened if one of the lights went out? God knows. I, I, I've seen it, the two times that I've been to Florida has, have both been while they've been on, and it was, it was an amazing sight. And if one of those bulbs went out, I don't think you'd even notice. I think you would, be though, wouldn't you? Because, like, I know, like, Christmas tree lights, if one light bulb goes, they all go. You've got, yeah, to, you've got to find the one that's not working to get the rest of them to come back on. Yeah, I, I don't think that quite happens with the amount that they've got. I think they've got, <laughs> got things that keep all the rest of them light. Uh, it also included a 70-foot light Christmas tree um, and, and was sponsored by Siemens uh, at the end. Um, semen stains um, doesn't matter now because they don't sponsor anything now it's gone sorry for that everybody that loved it but um, in the last few years it, it was officially closed and and it is no more now it, did I, did, I, I'm sure I heard somewhere they don't have the Osborne family lights anymore but I believe there is a kind of knockoff version going around uh, I believe someone bought some of the lights. Um, that I actually wrote an article for the Magical Kingdom of Walt last year. Cheap plug. It was believed some of yeah, cheap plug. Not averse to that. Um, <laughs> that someone had bought some of them um, in Silver Lake City, I believe. Hmm. Um, and and the pictures that I found, it certainly did look like. Some of it was stuff from the Osborne lights. Yeah, because I thought, I thought that Disney had sold them off. Yeah, like as collector items. But then uh, I think they I'm... sold the bulbs. Y- yes, sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, but yeah. then I, but then I got confused and thought, was I thinking of that, or was I thinking of the electrical Main Street electrical parade? Because I, I think I know... they've done both. Yeah, I know they've definitely done that. But then you know, like yeah. you think you got your wires crossed, which hopefully like, they didn't. Because if they got those wires crossed, jeez, that could be quite a uh, catastrophe. So, so how many years in total did they run in nineteen ninety five? So they did twenty years. Wow. Yeah. In fact, it was was it last year? Yeah, no, it wasn't last year. It was the year before. So yeah, yeah it was 15. twenty years exactly. Wow. Uh, and I believe that's when the license to use the name ran out. Yeah, uh, I think the license to use the Osborne name was for twenty years. They were they were allowed to keep the lights, but they couldn't call it the Osborne lights anymore. 
But it's quite it's funny you like you mentioned the license licensing thing because obviously we've spent lots of time on this podcast talking about the Tower of Terror and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout and how we love the Tower of Terror being Twilight Zone and blah 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 blah. But um, talking about licensing, um, have you heard that they're looking to relaunch the Twilight Zone brand? Yeah, I did see that there was there was going to be a new series or a new film. Was it? Is it Bloomhouse that have got the name? Um, that I read? Possibly, because I know that it's. Um, is it? Oh. Which one is it that did uh, get out? Was it uh, King Michael Key? Yeah, I'm not sure. Definitely, it was definitely someone that's made a bit of a, their name for themselves in the last few years. Yeah. Um. To think that we're looking was. at it. Yeah, so... I can't um, remember who it was now. But yeah, so it, I think, if I remember rightly, it was going to be... Um, uh, it's on on CBS. Yes. Oh no, it was, it was Jordan Peele, sorry. That did get out. So, yeah, yeah apparently he's behind uh, this this reimagining of, uh, of the Twilight Zone. But I think it's going to be a series rather than yeah. uh, a, a film. And it'll be on that, which, I mean, it's obviously quite successful at the moment because of the, um, was it Star Trek? Discovery. Discovery. I was going to say yeah. Enterprise. I was like, no. I've, <laughs> I've yeah, I always that. do that as well. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I think, so bear in mind that Blumhouse did... Um, the, uh, the the film get out with him that yep. uh, yeah they could well be involved makes sense they they seem to be getting a lot of stuff like that at the moment don't they yeah so uh, yeah but uh, yes I wonder if um, if that happens does that mean that they might try and put pressure on well they can even put pressure on to get the license back to not renew the deal yep. or would they possibly look to update the ride? So keep it Twilight Zone, but make it more current? Yeah, you you kind of wonder whether there might be a a deal to do the actual story from the the Tower of Terror as an episode. Yeah. Which would would tie in nicely, I think, uh, if they're going to keep, if they're going to keep the license, which we've got to assume that they want to in in Orlando because they can't do much else. Hmm. Unless they change it to the version from Asia. Um, yeah, I don't know too much about that. I don't either. I've not read a huge amount. Of, there's not, to be fair, there's not much about the Asian parks at all. Mm. Um, in that sense, um, so it'd definitely be interesting to see what they do with it. Yeah, but yeah, I just thought that, that that's interesting because obviously we've talked before about. Uh, you know whether or not the you know the license could be you know one of the issues or um, you know if they it should be refreshed or something like that. But if they're redoing the series, then that could open up a whole world of possibilities. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. So I thought I just mentioned that as well. But um, was there anything else that you wanted to discuss? No, I think I think that's it. I think that was quite a good long episode, to be honest. Yes. Yes, much longer than we expected. But yeah. uh, 
and you stuck with me the whole time, so thank you. I did. Be my wingman. Uh, thank you to D as well, because, you know, he, he couldn't stay with us the whole time, but that wasn't because uh, he didn't want to. Just uh, commitments. But, uh, yeah, so thank you, dear listener, for, for sticking with the episode. I hope you liked the interview with Wendy. If you haven't already um, downloaded it, um, I make an appearance on the Disney Dream Girls uh, this week regarding uh, Christmas at the parks. Uh, Disney Dream Girls, we talk about uh, Disneyland and Walt Disney World at Christmas. Um, have you have you got a chance to hear it yet, Paul? I haven't yet because I've actually broken my headphones. Was... I can't listen to anything at the moment. That was silly. Um, but uh... I get a phone upgrade next weekend, so Ooh. new pair of headphones. <laughs> you, you know, you know they. Um... They now sell headphones without having to buy a phone. I know, but Someone I get a free up. I know, but I get a free upgrade <laughs> next weekend. So it's, um... I get I get a lovely pair of earpods. <laughs> yes, well, I do. I, they, they are my my earphone of choice, but only because, uh, as you say, they come bundled in, so I do use them. But uh, I've just recorded an episode with them, um, and also Diz Down Under. Our friends there, and uh, I'm also on an episode of Disney and Under to talk about Christmas at the Asia Parks, uh, and then of course you can listen to our episode, which will have Disney Dream Girls and Disney and Under talking about Disneyland Paris with me at Christmas. So make sure you listen to all of those as well and give them a bit of love. Um, right, so I think that's enough for this week. So thank you, and we'll see you with another episode pretty soon. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. This show. If you would like to support us and the other After Dark Podcast Network shows, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash disafterdark. That's P-A-T-R-E-R-N dot com slash disafterdark. As well as supporting the show, there are other goodies available, including badges and soon t-shirts available as a thank you for your support. Podcast.